Hello, I'm Dave and I'm the person who puts this podcast together. It's a shorter episode this week than normal. It's an extra episode, so it's one of the episodes that I put together that isn't a conversation and it is put together partly because I've got a really hectic week and I don't have time to edit a proper episode and I don't have very many conversations in the conversation bank at the moment. But I have got some and I'm gathering more so there will be more standard episodes of Getting Better Acquainted coming up very soon. But even if I had a completely full bank of conversations I would still be putting out this extra episode this week because on today's episode of Getting Better Acquainted I'm sharing with you a story that I told a couple of weeks ago at the last Spark Hackney night. I've been running Spark Hackney it turns out since 2012. I thought it was 2013 but Facebook put me right on that the other day and pretty much been the host for every single night and two weeks ago I told my last story on that stage and that's what you're going to hear now. I started the night in a different way than normal. Normally I would tell everybody what Spark London was before telling a story and the last night at Hackney was an amazing night of stories and many of those stories I should imagine will come out on the Spark London podcast over the next year or so and it was a packed room. It was such a busy room full of people where every story took me in a different direction it was such a good way to send off the night which I was so pleased about because you never know if the last time you do a thing is going to have that kind of closure that kind of celebration element that we we long for for these things or if it's just going to be like hardly any audience and a weird night or whatever and if you want to keep up to date with spark true stories make sure that you subscribe to their podcast and check out their website stories.co.uk and i'm going to carry on being part of spark i'm not outside of spark but going forwards i will not be part of spark london i'll be part of spark in other places i need to get better please make me better I want to get better, better, better acquainted with you. So the first time that I ever told a story at Spark London, I was really, really nervous. And I, would, I did it all wrong. I did it in lots of ways that you shouldn't really do it. Uh, for a start, I had notes. Don't, don't use notes. That's, that's for you to know because it actually makes it better if you don't have those notes. And I had, I had notes. I didn't have it written down, but I had, had kind of bullet points and they were on a clipboard. And because I had that clipboard and those bullet points were on it, that clipboard shook the whole way through me telling that story. And I, and I was telling a story that I didn't realise was really big for me, um, but I just thought it was just a casual story. And I only really learned how big the story was when I was stood on that stage telling it to a room full of people. And before that moment in time, I told stories um, on stages, but I hadn't told true stories. I'd, I'd acted on stage. I'd, you know, done, I'd kind of hosted a little bit, but I'd never been myself on stage and never been open with myself even, let alone an audience. Uh, and so it was a terrifying moment for me. But I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. So when I came to London around 15 years ago, 
I didn't have a plan. Me and my partner came together and we came from Lancaster where, where we'd been to university. And uh, we sort of hung around afterwards, got kind of dead end jobs and we were writing and we were trying to be writers and creative people. Um, but I just felt like I needed to be somewhere where there was stuff happening, where there was stages to be on and things to do and where there was kind of life happening. And so I decided to move to London because amongst many other things, those are some of the things that you can get from London. So we we came to London. We didn't have a plan. Initially, where we hit London, you know, it was terrifying and overwhelming and it was like about a year before I did anything but a terrible blog that I was writing that I'm very glad has disappeared uh, from the internet now but apart from that blog I was just getting a day job and keeping my head down and getting used to the people the 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 amount of people and the noise the amount of noise and all of the stuff that was just overwhelming to me I mean I moved to London partly because I had family here and I did know London I'd been here uh, on holiday but I I, I, a lot of times, but, but I, that had been kind of with my family. It hadn't been London, London. I hadn't really experienced all of the different Londons as well, because as you all know, living in London, this isn't just one city. This is lots of different cities, all higgledy-piggledy shoved over the top of each other. And so I was kind of getting to used to the, to the place, and I would have thought that I knew what my identity was. I would have thought that I knew who I was at that time. Like, I was a struggling artist. I was a tortured artist. Uh, it was me against the world, and I was, you know, pouring my heart into my art as much as I could. And I was making fiction, and I was in bands, and I was doing theatre shows, uh, and they were all, again, about ideas and fictions not about me Uh, obviously I was full of them I was all through them but I didn't explicitly it wasn't about me like I was putting myself into my art but I wasn't being me I wasn't living in me in a room full of people like I am in this moment And after like about five years of getting into London and working out who I was a little bit better but still not really knowing Uh, A friend of mine called Matt said, uh, would you like to come and tell a story at this night I'm involved in producing a podcast for? It's called Spark London. And I kind of had heard the moth a little bit. So like a lot of people who come to Spark, I knew what uh, true storytelling was. um, And I decided, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll get on that stage and I'll tell a story. Uh, But like many people, I didn't think my life was particularly interesting. I didn't really think that I had much in my life that was particularly different different enough to make it worthwhile you know Um, and so I I kept seeing the themes come up and I kept being like you know no I haven't got anything for that no I haven't got anything for that and then there was a theme of mistaken identity and I I thought of a story and I thought great I'll do that now back in those days uh, we didn't have open mics at Spark it was a a, you you went to a rehearsal uh, and then you did a kind of slightly longer story uh, and it was a more theatrical kind of framing of the night uh, not like tonight Um, so I went along to that and in the rehearsal I remember like there was this moment where Joanna Yates, who created Spark and who uh, curated those nights back at the Canal Cafe Theatre where, where this uh, story I told took place, um, like she gave me this note. She's really good at giving notes. And at the end of me telling my story, she said, why, why, are, you, why are you telling this story? And I said, 
oh, I don't know, you know, it just happened to fit the theme. I've got no reason for telling the story. It's just one of those stories. Um, And then I went out and told that story in front of an audience. Now, that story was a story about when I was eight years old at Christmas, and uh, I had the job of giving out all of the presents from around the tree, and I picked up, uh, you know, gave out all of the presents, picked up the last one, and on it, uh, I read the word uh, Dave. So I ripped it open because I was excited because it was Christmas and it was the final present. Uh, And then inside that uh, wrapping was a Mars bar, Uh, And I didn't even really like Mars bars, but I sort of did a fake smile of like appreciation for a strange Christmas gift. And my mum went uh, ridiculously, like intensely angry at me uh, and said I'd ruined Christmas. She uh, stormed out of the room, stomped up the stairs. Uh, My stepdad pushed me back into the Christmas tree, uh, hit me and told me that I'd made my mother cry uh, as he did that. And, you know, uh, the spines of the Christmas tree, I can still feel in my back when I think about that moment. And the thing is, Uh, The reason that that happened was because it didn't actually say uh, Dave on the present. It said dad and it was a present for my stepdad. And it was all kind of wrapped up with loads of other emotional things that my mom had felt. And she didn't, you know, really believe I was greedy and wrong and spoiled. But she'd said all of those things in that moment. And so the thing is, I told that story and I didn't think, as I'd already said that day, I didn't have a reason for telling that story. I didn't think. Um, And I didn't really know that that story is kind of about child abuse, right? I didn't really know that uh, because I'd never told it in front of an audience. I'd never told it in front of other human beings and had my experience reflected back at me through other people's eyes. So that they're like going, oh, yeah, I've also had traumas happen to me. And I'm like, I don't I don't I haven't had traumas. I'm I'm fine. I've had, you know, I'm I'm very privileged. I've never had any troubles. Um, And the thing is. That was the start of a massive journey for me in learning about what my identity was. Uh, Because after that, telling that story at Spark, I became involved with running Spark. And then uh, after a couple of years, I was offered the gig of being the host of Spark Hackney here in the Hackney attic. And I was super excited to be the host here. And I came in the first night and there was an audience. And that was a good thing because I was very scared there wouldn't have been. And I've done this night now for five years years here to different amounts of people and it has never failed to absolutely inspire me like I've never come to a spark night and not gone away having heard stories that have changed me in some way little or or large you know and and I I have come to learn that the general public are amazing that when we see all the people on the tube and we think oh god oh there's just so many people here all of those people have got stories and they and they come and tell those stories and I've heard those stories and it's been a beautiful experience and every month I've had to try and find another story from my uninteresting life to present to an audience Um, and that has made me look at myself like so much in so many ways and like I've changed my attitudes around you know ideas around gender around uh, who I am around uh, trauma around like what uh, I've done and what I haven't done in my life like now having been forced by this kind of twist of fate to suddenly start doing true stuff I suddenly have like learnt so much about my life and Spark has not ended 
you know, on this stage. I've done other shows. I've done sort of storytelling shows. I've been on Radio 4 and all sorts of things like that that I never would have done if I hadn't have just happened to decide to tell that really dark and hard story, thinking that I would get a lot of laughs. Like, I tell you what, I did not get a lot of laughs from that story, but I really expected I would because I hadn't seen myself from the outside. And so... I've worked with Spark for all of these years, and now that brings me to tonight, to this moment that I'm speaking to you now, where I am afraid to say that tonight is the last night here at the Hackney Attic of the Spark London Open Mic, and it's also the last night that I am going to be hosting uh, Spark London events. Now, there's slightly different reasons for those two different pieces of information. Uh, From my point of view, I am going to go back to Lancaster, of all places, the place that I came here to escape from and I'm going to go back there and try and live there like now now I know myself now I can get the benefits from that place that were there that I never saw when I was there because I just wanted to other things other things and to to know who I was and so I'm going back there and also it's cheaper there so it's much better from that point of view um so but I'm going back there uh so that's why I'm going but Spark London's stopping being here because the Hackney stopping doing events completely up here um, so there won't be any more events at the Hackney Attic uh, after I think June um, but there we are not going to stop like I will but the Spark London team won't be stopping we're looking for other venues uh, we're still going to be doing our night upstairs at the Ritzy in Brixton but in terms of the Hackney Attic you are here at the end of this story Uh, And uh, so that means that it's the end of my story. And at the end of my story, I'm going to say, hello, everybody. Welcome to Spark London. In 2015, I made a show about being a man called What About The Men? Mansplaining Masculinity. And I took that show to the Edinburgh Festival. And at the end of that whole process that year, I recorded it and released it as a free podcast as part of the Stand Up Tragedy podcast feed. And you can still find it there. It's the most recent podcast on that feed. As part of doing that show, I did an anonymous survey of a thousand men's thoughts on masculinity and patriarchy, and that has become a big part of the work that I'm doing around masculinity. And you can find the show, and you can find that research, and you can also find a link to the Radio 4 forethought piece that I did in 2016, which updates my thinking and extends my thinking and reflects on doing that show. You can get a link to that, and you can find everything else about mansplaining masculinity over at mansplainingmasculinity.co.uk but I've been doing that show for a few years now I do it everywhere that I I can I've done it in quite a lot of university settings I've done it in theatre spaces and I've done it in front of tiny audiences and I've done it in front of large audiences and I've received lots of different kinds of responses and I believe in that show I really do believe in that show and I wish that show had existed when I was a younger man and that I could have seen that show and maybe I would have done things differently at different times in my life. So I've been plugging away doing my masculinity show for a few years and then in December last year Unbound who are part 
publishing company and part crowdfunding company reached out to me and asked me if I would like to make a book of mansplaining masculinity. I launched a campaign with them in February to fund that book and the way it works is people pre-order that book in advance and once enough people have pre-ordered it it will hit the target and that will mean that it will be time for me to write the book and then when I've written the book it'll get out to people but unless it hits that target uh, I won't be making that book so I really do need your support that book is also at mansplainingmasculinity.co.uk or you can find it at unbound.com forward slash books forward slash mansplaining hyphen masculinity. I also make a podcast called The Family Tree. Uh, we've finished the second season of that. It's a magical realist podcast drama about family, change, belonging and belief. And that show is another thing that I'm incredibly proud of. The performers that we've had working with us are amazing and it's co-created with them because it's a semi-improvised show. The music for the show is amazing and made by brilliant musicians. The artwork for the show is brilliant, made by brilliant artists. Uh, It's co-created by me and my partner, so it's not just me that I'm proud of, so it's easier to be proud of that show. But I don't think there are any shows that are out there that are like it it's very hard to talk about without spoiling it for you so I really do suggest that you go and listen to it from episode one onwards and we are making season three that's going to be the third and final season of that show we do need your support to help us to make it as good as it possibly could be do go to www.com thefamilytreepodcast.co.uk there you can find the show and you can find links to other ways that you can listen to the show but also there's a link there to our Patreon campaign which again is kind of crowdfunding art Uh, in this case you can pay per episode and again you will get more cool stuff the more money that you can afford to pay to support that project i'm gonna leave it there i've got other things that i do but i want to focus on just those two things today those are the things that i could really do with you supporting if you do have the disposable income to be able to do that i totally understand that many of us particularly in the current climate struggle with money and struggle to support the things that we love and to make them happen and so i don't expect anybody to contribute to either of those uh, campaigns unless you can afford to but because it is so hard for so many of us to get our stuff made and to keep on doing stuff if you can afford to support the arts and not necessarily me maybe there's other things that you want to use your money on that matter more to you and that's that's absolutely fine but anybody who can support people creating things making things in this tough time when we need stories more than ever this is the time if you can afford to support the arts to do so and lastly i just want to direct you over to spark london which is stories.co UK. I won't be doing the Hackney Night on the second Monday of the month, but the Brixton Night on the third Monday of the month 
carries on and we've got some amazing and exciting extra events coming up over the next few months there's a night showcasing some comedians doing full-length storytelling shows we're doing some collaborations with various different organizations and charities and so do check out all of the upcoming events on stories.co.uk and spark also exists as a podcast where you can hear lots and lots of stories going back lots and lots of years because spark london has existed for 10 years and I've been a part of that for about seven so uh, there's loads and loads of spark stuff true storytelling stuff and it's all out there on that podcast for you to listen to I'll be back next week if I don't have a standard episode of the podcast I'll at least replay one of the old ones from the archive so we will go back to conversations and to long form next week for those of you who are slightly disappointed by the short length and the non-conversation format of this week's episode. You can find Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter at GBA Podcast. You can find it on Facebook at Getting Better Acquainted. And you can find it anywhere that podcasts go to hang out with each other on the internet. And if you want to email me personally, that's gbapodcast at gmail.com or I'm goosefat101 on Twitter. And remember, there are lots of ways to get better acquainted.